Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yo, what up? This is Rattlesnake coming at you live on the very first episode of chair gainings, movie reviews, movie talk, whatever we're going to do with movies. This is just a way for me to do something a little bit extra when Jay's busy with his nerdy school stuff and we can't always be doing college football, college basketball, college baseball, any college sports. My other hobby, my other love is movies. I go see a movie at least once a week. Cinemark on Tuesdays is only $5. It's a hell of a deal. So let's get into it. Made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs. Inconceivable! Real good. The best. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Well, what is that? What is that? What is that? Oh, ah! You can't handle the truth! That's a can of pan. All the way down. So this first episode I thought would be a great way to start out this movie review chair gating shit, whatever we want to call it. The best way to start out is with probably my favorite movie franchise and probably everybody else's favorite as well, Star Wars. It is Thursday, December 14th here in Austin, Texas, and I'm going to go see it tonight here in three hours for the premiere. So I will let everyone know what I think of The Last Jedi when I come back tonight. So I'm going to record before the movie my kind of the rundown and my review of every single Star Wars movie leading up to that one. Obviously, I'm not counting the bullshit holiday specials. I'm not counting that bullshit Ewok movie. I'm not counting that bullshit Christmas Chewbacca movie. I'm not counting the Clone Wars movie. So no, just the canon original like films. That's all we're talking about. I'm going to start from episode one and run all the way through episode seven. I'm going to give a rundown of the movie, you know, kind of a quick review. 
and then give kind of like my opinion of what that movie was like. All right, let's start with episode one, Phantom Menace. Uh, starts with a dope Jedi fight scene uh, as they go to a super sweet planet of Naboo where they encounter Jar Jar Binks. So I know Jar Jar Binks sucks. Like, there's no doubt about that. Everyone just makes fun of him so much, as much as possible, to try to seem like some kind of hardcore Star Wars fan. We get it. He sucks. Calm the fuck down, okay? I'm not here to make fun of Jar Jar the whole fucking time. He's not the worst thing that has ever happened. What? Oh, oh my god, you just said that. Yeah, I just fucking said that. I've been a Star Wars diehard fan for a long fucking time, and I will stand here and say he's not the worst fucking thing. Calm down. Jar Jar sucks. Get the fuck over it. Moving on, they go to the Gungan City in an air bubble under the ocean, or a super deep, deep lake, I'm not really sure, but it's still fucking dope. They take an underwater ship uh, and run from like multiple sea creatures, which is super sick. Uh, then they have to rescue the queen, which is super dope, city by killing a shit ton of droids. So already, yeah, this movie fucking sucks. Oh my god, just because of Jar Jar, this is the worst Star Wars movie. Uh, then they go to Tatooine, a desert city run by gangsters and thieves that revolves around gambling on pod racing, which is just like badass fast racing. I mean, everybody here knows what pod racing is. You had an Nintendo 64. Uh, little Anakin wins that badass pod race to win his freedom. For some reason, doesn't win the freedom from his mom. I don't know why they can't just, like, take her. That was kind of a weird part. Darth Maul, the coolest Sith, pretty much other than Vader, ends up fighting Qui-Gon Jinn for, like, two seconds. Super badass. You get to see him. This not-so-sketchy dude at all takes full control of the Galactic Senate. Nobody's really suspicious about that. And the Jedi Council decides not to train Anakin because he's too powerful. So, yeah, man, this movie really fucking sucks dick, right? Uh, they all go back to Naboo, where the servant girl is actually the queen in the most expected twist of all time, and the Gungans fight the droids with these blue cannons. Uh, kind of looks like those, like, blue crystal ball things that you put your hand on. So, that was pretty dope. Um, there's this awesome space battle with the coolest Star Wars starfighter, I think, in all the franchise, the Naboo and one starfighter. Super badass. Uh, then shit goes down maul with his double lightsaber fights obi-wan and qui-gon jinn at the same fucking time and in a total thunderdome style obi-wan is the only dude to leave that battle still alive that's badass that's got to be the best lightsaber fight scene of all of star wars in my opinion and also the best john williams star wars song duel of the fates that is amazing That's the best fucking song that was ever in Star Wars. So, like, calm the fuck down, haters. Uh, the best Star Wars toy ever made was that uh, fucking... Those lightsaber toys that flip out and then they make the noise also came from this movie. I mean, I get it. I know Charger sucks, but here's the deal. Darth Maul, Pod Racing, Naboo N1 Starfighters, Liam fucking Neeson. Like, dude, The Phantom Menace is actually a good movie. Calm the fuck down, haters. That bullshit about how you shouldn't even watch it if you're a Star Wars fan. Fuck off. It's a good movie. Alright, moving on. Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. That face-shifting, like, bounty hunter, Zam Wessel. She was pretty tight, even though it's, like, the worst bounty hunter name of all time. And then that chase scene was dope. Uh, I'm pretty sure 
when George wanted to design that city, he just watched Blade Runner like five times and was like, okay, boom, there you go. That's the fucking city they're going to be in. Um, Anakin is a whiny little bitch the whole time, super passive-aggressive with Obi, pretty much like a normal hormonal little punk-ass teenager. Obi's just like staying calm the whole time, thinking like, okay, it's just a phase. He'll grow out of it, like the whole fucking movie. So that part's annoying. Uh, then maybe the worst decision in all of Star Wars. Get this. This is what they're thinking, right? Let's put Queen Amidala, or Senator Amidala, I guess, at this point, and Anakin, two very young, very attractive people who clearly have a close relationship, close in age, and have known each other for years. Let's put them together in a beautiful lakeside castle on a secluded and romantic planet. Also, the Jedi is a Padawan, and we're not really sure about him because he's too old to be trained, and he has a crazy amount of power, so we refuse to train him until Qui-Gon died. Then, for some unbeknownst reason, we changed our mind. Yeah, this will this will be like a perfect first assignment for him. Because it was his first mission on his own, first solo mission. So, his mission is to just play around in this beautiful environment, wear sexy clothes, and use the Force to feed Padme food during dimly lit romantic meals. That That's what happened in this movie. That's the whole fucking movie. I could just end end it here. Like, honestly, Yoda could have got laid in this situation. No bullshit. Also, side note, Naboo is a planet where they elect their queens that appoint senators. What the fuck? This political system makes no fucking sense. It makes no, absolutely no sense. That's besides the point. Another side note, the librarian in the Jedi Temple is probably the nastiest, meanest old bitch since Nurse Ratchet and one flew over the cuckoo's nest, just something I noticed. Then, as if the movie wasn't already going great, probably the most confusing and least explained part of any Star Wars. Who the fuck is Sifo Diaz? And why was he building a clone army? Now, you can Google this and find out the answer to this, but it's like, I honestly wonder if the rest of the crew while filming this was like, what the fuck is this? And then George just like explained to them outside the script. He's like, oh, this is who he is, blah, blah, blah. And then they just kind of like forgot to explain it to the audience because that's that's what happens with this. Also, why were these people like totally cool with a random Jedi that they never met and clearly had no idea about this army? Just take over like full responsibility for this clone army. Like that was just cool. But uh, one positive, we did get the fight we never got in return when Django and old Ben fight it out, and it is fucking sweet. That's a dope fight. Uh, it's raining, it's on the platform, and it just shows how, like, badass Django Fett is. He wins the fight, you know, that's fucking sick. Then you can't forget, next up, the worst line in Star Wars history. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere. Everyone makes fun of that line, and I get it, it's fucking terrible. But what all you nerds tend to forget is that that line led to some aggressive negotiation between Annie and Padme, if you know what I mean. Didn't, didn't use his lightsaber in that aggressive negotiation. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. While Obi is chasing, then being chased by Boba and Django. He pulls like a full-on hand and empire move by hiding in an asteroid field. Uh, Obi ends up on the planet that Dooku happens to be on. Like, how the fuck did Obi even get to that planet? I don't know. It just, like, happened. But the creatures in that arena scene was super dope. I'll give them that. Those creatures were tight as fuck. And then, like, the Jedis come out to save their asses. But the Jedis look like complete pussies just getting slaughtered by droids. So it's just like stupid as fuck. Like why did they even come? They're just gonna look like a bunch of bitches. And then 
The clones show up with Yoda to save the day. Why the fuck did Dooku not know about the clone army being controlled by the Jedi if he was with Jango like the whole time? Because like when they show up, he's like, what? Shouldn't he have immediately been like, hey, Count, uh, this dude, Obi, found out about the clone army and we fought and shit went down. So now they probably have the clone army, just a heads up. Uh, anyway, the clone battle was pretty dope. One thing that really threw me off. If the bugs gave Dooku the plans for the Death Star, who gave the plans to Palpatine, then what the fuck was that Rogue One movie, like, even about? Right? Because in the Rogue One movie, it's, like, talking about how, uh, her dad invented the Death Star. So, like, what was that whole shit about if the bugs invented it? That makes no fucking sense. Um, Yoda fights with his little lightsaber, which is just stupid. His little fucking midget lightsaber. I don't want to see Yoda fight with a lightsaber. That's dumb. And I know people were, like, super happy about the lack of Jar Jar in this movie. But, I mean, I would rather take Maul and Pod Racing any day with a little bit of Jar Jar than this stupid-ass shit. Than have to deal with Anakin talking about fucking sand the whole time. This whole movie was Anakin rolling around in the grass with Padme and, like, talking about sand and trying to get laid. Like, if I wanted to watch some coming-of-age high school bullshit, I'll put on one of my girlfriend's rom-coms. This was the worst Star Wars. I'm just going to go ahead and, and call that one out right now. This is my least favorite Star Wars. Uh, moving on, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. The space battle at the beginning was dope, definitely. And then Obi has that, I have a bad feeling about this, just classic line. General Grievous, he's got those magna guards with the electrostaffs, totally dope. Uh, General Grievous, he's a cool fucking character, but for all the lightsabers that he's collected by supposedly killing Jedi, he's notorious in this movie for running away, and you never even get to see him actually kill a Je any Jedi. Like, the fucking droids in Attack kill dozens of worthless Jedi, but I can't see this badass character kill one fucking Jedi. Like, the Clone Wars TV show did a way better job with General Grievous, and that's just, like, sad that the actual movie can't make him as good as a fucking animated TV show. Then the scene with Anakin killing Dooku is, like, straight out of Return of the Jedi with Vader and Luke, which is, like, all right, I guess, like, symbolism and all that bullshit. Probably the dumbest thing in the entire movie, though, is just, like, the dumbest thing in Attack, actually. It's, like, the same idea. Let's have this young Jedi, who we're not sure about, spy on the senator who has seemingly taken full control of the Republic, who we are also extremely suspicious of. Like, that makes no sense. Why would you team them up? Mace even says it's very dangerous putting them together. I don't think the boy can handle it. I don't trust him. That's in quotes. Then Yoda talks about how they may have misread Anakin as the prophesied chosen one. So why are you teaming them up? That doesn't make any sense. Um, Palpatine talking to Anakin about his master, Darth Plagueis, was dope, though. And that was actually a really good book. If you're looking to get into uh, a Star Wars book, I would suggest starting there. That's a great read. We get to see the planet of Lashik, which was tight. But if Chewie was boys with Yoda, like, the whole time, shouldn't he have, like, known about Obi and Luke's training and, like, all that shit? Because Han Solo is, like, constantly talking shit about the Force. At any point, Chewie could have just been like, nah, Han, like, I was part of all this shit. I saw it all go down. Like, this shit's real. But no, like, Chewie has no idea what they're talking about because he's just a fucking dumbass bear that doesn't get a medal. Also, like, how the fuck did Anakin's eyes turn into, like, cat eyes all of a sudden when he goes evil? And I'm sure there's, like, way better Star Wars fans than me out there that know this, but 
that doesn't make any sense to me. I will say, as a historian, probably the best line in all of Star Wars is said by Amidala when Palpatine takes over full control of the Galactic Empire. He Pretty much everybody gives up their rights to vote and be a republic so he can take full control. Padme says, this is how liberty dies, with thunderous applause. I love that line. That's like poetic to me. That's... That's amazing. More importantly, that stance Obi-Wan has on the ship when Anakin is talking to Padme at the end, like on that lava planet, that shit is dope. That was the funniest fucking stance I've ever seen. Uh, Then we get to see the first Vader choke move, which is dope. Obi and Anakin are fighting the fight we've been waiting for, and they just are waving their sabers around like wand twirlers in a high school marching band. I mean, they literally don't hit each other for like a solid three seconds while they twirl them around. Just, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It's just the dumbest thing ever. Also, the big metal thing that Obi and Annie are standing on when they're fighting that starts to fall when the lava lands on it, how does that make any sense? Wasn't that specifically built to do work on a lava planet directly over lava? Like, did that just get installed a minute ago? And they just realized it wouldn't work, like, right then? Were the engineers watching that shit go down and they were just like, Oh, lava resistant! That's what we forgot. Because that shit makes no sense. Then Yoda is fighting Palpatine. Palpatine flips over his chair when Yoda force pushes him, which it was, like, hilarious. But overall, Yoda is clearly a bitch. Honestly, Obi should have just, like, stayed around, made sure Anakin died, and then beat the shit out of Palpatine. Because, like, it looks like Obi-Wan is just unstoppable at this point. Also, Palpatine using a lightsaber when he clearly says in return, it's a Jedi's weapon. That makes no fucking sense. But most of all, to sum it up for this movie, fuck Anakin for killing Mace Windu and fuck Order 66. This leads me to the next one, episode three and a half, as I like to call it, Rogue One. If you want to know how the Rebels got the plans for the Death Star and New Hope, then you can watch this movie. Um, But if you're like me and you don't really care about that shit at all, I mean, you can still watch this movie because it says Star Wars. Uh, Nevertheless, Disney made, like, a movie about this. So sit back and enjoy a Star Wars film created solely to prove that the franchise wasn't racist or misogynistic. The daughter of the guy who apparently invented the Death Star, even though those bugs from Attack, I thought, invented the Death Star, but whatever, she gets stranded after her mother is killed and father taken by the Empire. She's trained by this badass rebel guy that's actually not part of the rebellion for whatever reason and is said to be his best soldier. Now, do... Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're... Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. We actually get to see this take place? No, of course not. We're just told about it, so we should just accept the fact that she's a badass and move on. Then there's this rebel soldier that had a tough childhood that nobody really cares about. His companion robot that's a better version of C-3PO and probably the best character in this whole lineup. Two Asian brothers, one of which is the blind Ip Man that believes in the Force as a religion, and the other one that carries an unnecessarily large gun on his back. And, of course, let's not forget an Imperial pilot turned good guy from the Night Of, 
that you only assume is skittish and weird because a giant slug alien brain raped him. But then you come to find out that, like, no, he's just always that weird and annoying. So this ragtag group of misfits decides to take on the Empire and get the plans for the Death Star when no one else is brave enough to. They battle it out and end up sending the message up to the Rebels before they all die. Thank God they did, too, because if Star Wars consisted of those characters instead of Luke, Han, and Leia, I wouldn't be here talking about these films at all. The coolest part of this film lasts for about a half a minute, I think, when Vader is chasing the Rebels in the ship who are passing the plans off to one another before getting shot down by his lightsaber. And by the way, that was the only scene with a lightsaber in the whole movie. So, that fucking sucks. The best part of the movie is that you know when it ends, like a good movie, like A New Hope begins next. So, that's reassuring. Speaking of which, A New Hope, episode 4... Leia gives the Death Star plans to a droid to safely take to a person neither she nor this droid has ever met. A guy named Luke ends up getting the droid, and R2 wastes no time to ditch their, that boring-ass moisture farm and find Obi-Wan. Wait, Obi-Wan Kenobi? I wonder if you mean old Ben Kenobi. Hmm, I wonder. Old Ben tells Luke that they need to go save the princess, and oh yeah, your dad was a Jedi, and here's a lightsaber. Alright, let's go. Uh, no, dude, I have a family and thriving moisture farm to take care of. Oh, wait, my aunt and uncle were just burned alive while I was gone. All right, let's go, I guess. They hire a good-looking smuggler and a giant dog because they have a shitty ship that flew the Kessel Run in 12 parsecs. Never heard of the Millennium Falcon. Should I have? It's a ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Which is probably made up, but sounds pretty damn fast. But hold up. The Empire uses the Death Star to blow up Leia's home planet of Alderaan, which apparently is too stupid to have any military protection. No, Alderaan is peace, but we have no weapons. And we should all shed a tear for the planet that we never actually saw before. The crew boards the Death Star and rescues Leia, while the ungrateful princess belittles them with every opportunity. Obi-Wan just kind of like disappears, not really sure how. Some other stuff happens in between, but they end up blowing up the Death Star as Darth Vader's ship twirls through space and everyone is safe forever but wait episode five the empire strikes back so the rebels who blew up the death star are having to live in hiding while the empire builds a new death star why the fuck are they living in hiding after winning the last movie shouldn't the empire be in hiding instead of just like going around and becoming stronger from losing a huge portion of their army i'm not really sure how that happened but the Rebels are hiding somewhere in the North Pole, and they ride on dinosaurs and get attacked by the abominable snow monster. Vader discovers the North Pole and attacks their base with AT-ATs. The crew escapes while Luke literally trips the walkers to defeat them. Because of a vision, Luke decides to go to Louisiana to train with Jedi Master Yoda. Han finally gets some from Leia, as C-3PO uses his cock-blocking programming to stop it. Luke keeps training with a creepy Yoda, Vader keeps looking for the Falcon, or Falcon as it's actually pronounced in the movie. They all decide to go to Cloud City, which is literally just a city built in the clouds, which really isn't that impressive when you think about it, because space travel is the common form of transportation, so clouds is just like nothing special for them. That's besides the point. They all end up falling for Vader's trap, as Han is frozen and sent to Jabba the Hutt, Luke finds out who his daddy is, in a totally Maury-style, 
before he escapes and continues his training back in Louisiana, we assume. And everybody else just kind of like fucks around in the meantime. Which leads us to Return of the Jedi, Episode 6. This one starts in Jabba's Palace, about a year after the last one. Um, I don't know what planet the pig things come from, but like Jabba must employ the whole species. And judging from their appearance, honestly, like good for Jabba, employing the undesirables. Also, what's up with his robot torture dungeon? That seems a little unnecessary for droids. One of the best songs in all of Star Wars is in Jabba's Palace, so that's pretty cool. And all those people talking about how racist the original trilogy was for having Lando be the only black guy in the galaxy? Well, watch this movie again, nerds. There's a black guard who's next to Lando in Jabba's Palace. Which also means the only two black guys in the entire galaxy, I guess, still manage to find each other and hang out and probably, like, make fun of everybody else. Also, I'm not really sure what being a gangster is like in this galaxy far away, but none of the gangster movies I've ever seen entail having a giant slumber party for everyone to just, like, chill at your place. Like, the, everybody just, like, slept in one room. It was kind of weird. Then we get to see Leia's slave outfit in the Sarlacc pit, which is probably the best thing in all of Star Wars. Apparently, Luke is a Jedi now. Um, don't worry about how within that short of time he became a Jedi, but he just did. I'm wondering what was Luke's escape plan too? Like to go to the pit? Because R2 had his lightsaber the entire time. Like, couldn't he have just killed all the dudes in Jabba's palace without hovering over the pit of misery? And how did he even know that they would go there? Was fighting the Ragnar part of the escape plan as well? Anyway, Boba Fett gets the worst death in cinematic history. Total waste. Yoda tells Luke that he's the last of the Jedi on his deathbed, which is cool, since that's the name of the new movie. Other nerds have probably already like speculated this, but there's some type of symbolism there, maybe? I don't know. We'll see. We get to see the speedster bikes on Endor, which are probably the coolest form of transportation in Star Wars. Han, or Han, as it's pronounced, rocking a sweet duster while the rest of the cast has to wear stupid rags with camo spray paint. Which you know is just Harrison Ford telling the costume crew to fuck off, and the Raider of the Lost Ark's gonna wear whatever the fuck he wants to wear. Which is a badass duster, apparently. And also, how did Leia remember her mother dying when she was very young? Bitch, your mother died in childbirth. Stop trying so hard, you millennial. Palpatine calls lightsabers a Jedi's weapon, which is fucking stupid. Admiral Akbar says, It's a trap! Which is the most used, least important line from the most cult-followed, least important character ever. All the feminist haters can back the fuck off, because in this part of the film, Han says, I love you, and Leia says, I know. We get the Luke Vader fight, which is probably the best fight after Maul. Palpatine dies from a futuristic well, Maul style, and everything in the galaxy is happy forever, or at least until Disney decides to recycle this same exact story in the future. Speaking of which... The Force Awakens, Episode 7. This movie starts with a Han wannabe talking to an old guy that talks like we're supposed to know him even though we don't. Looks like Abrams took a chapter out of Lucas's Saifu Diaz playbook with, the, with that one. The bloody handprint on the recreated Stormtrooper was dope though. Poe, the recreated Han, forgets what blasters do to ships and gets stuck. Kylo Ren, Force stops a blaster, dope. Cut to female version of Luke, our main character, Rey, is living in a wrecked AT-AT on a planet that looks just like Tatooine, but totally isn't Tatooine. Then I start to wonder why she doesn't just live in that wrecked Imperial Star Destroyer that she ravages for parts instead of the AT-AT, because it's like way bigger and that would be like a way 
doper place to live. So now, with this movie, we have a thing called the Resistance, who are supported by the politicians versus the First Order, who pretty much everybody knows is evil and hates. In the original trilogy, the Rebellion was rebelling against the Empire, which controlled the galaxy. So, why are they called the Resistance if the First Order isn't in control of the galaxy? If they're already supported by all the politicians, who are they resisting? Then we get the Millennium Falcon, so we don't forget that it's a Star Wars movie. And guess who shows up? Han and Chewie. We also get to see Princess or General or whatever her name is now, Leia. But what I'm wondering is where the fuck is Lando? If they have the Millennium Falcon with Han Solo, Chewie, and the Resistance is led by Leia, why wouldn't Lando, who was the general and hero of the Rebellion, not be around? Anyway, I guess the whole point of this movie was to find Luke, who had been missing because he got tired of training some character who was even whinier than Hayden Christian somehow. I don't like Sam. And apparently Kylo Ren is the master of the Knights of Ren, who we never get to see at all, but are a thing, I guess. We get what looks like is gonna be a dope-ass starfighter scene, but then it ends up just being a stormtrooper dropout, getting his ass beat, even though he has a lightsaber. Rey gets captured by that whiny-ass Kylo Ren. Then Han, Chewie, and the stormtrooper dropout decide that they're gonna go get Rey back. Han gets Worst Father of the Galaxy Award as he gets literally murdered by his own son. Kylo Ren loses in a lightsaber battle with Rey, who has literally never done this before. But don't worry, he uses his blaster entry as an excuse. But he definitely wants a rematch. They all escape, destroy the Death Star remake. Finally, Mark Hamlin is in the movie as Luke Skywalker. And then there's credits. So you're left with a ton of questions like, who are the Knights of Ren? How did Ren and Snoke even meet? Why is Finn even in this movie? So anyway, hopefully The Last Jedi answers some of these questions. So far from my list of these Star Wars movies, I'm going to go best to worst. I think the best, my favorite, is episode number four, A New Hope. Then, six, Return of the Jedi. I know a lot of people don't fucking like that one, but I don't give a shit. I think that's a great movie. I love it. And then episode 5, Empire. Then 7, Force Awakens. Then 3, Revenge of the Sith. This is where things get really controversial. After Revenge of the Sith, I have episode number 1, Phantom Menace. And I know you're going to talk so much shit about it, but you know what? I thought it was a pretty good fucking movie. Then I got episode 3.5, Rogue One, that stupid-ass waste of a movie with no lightsabers. And to round it all up, the worst Star Wars by far, Episode 2, Attack of the I Don't Like Sand. I don't like sand. That movie sucked. It was just Hayden Christian whining and bitching the whole time. And if he wasn't whining and bitching, he was trying to get in Padme's pants. It was a terrible fucking movie. But at least it was Star Wars. We can all appreciate that. At least it was Star Wars. So tonight I'm going to go see The Last Jedi. I've been wearing my Star Wars shirt all day work to work. Have my Star Wars mug at work. Everybody fucking knows what's up. I'm ready to go after the movie. Hopefully tonight I'm going to come back and give you my fresh take on this movie. Uh, spoiler free. It's going to be spoiler free. Just so everybody knows that. I am not going to spoil shit. I'm just going to tell you how good it was and see if I can place it. See if I can place it. I, I want to have more than one view of it before I solidify it in my Star Wars placing, but I'm going to try to place it. So that's it for now. We're going to take a quick uh, break while I go enjoy this fucking film. Let's do it. Oh, uh, actually, that's not bad. 
yeah, no, let's let's keep going. All right, it is 1.06 here in the a.m. in Austin, Texas, and I just got back to my apartment after watching The Last Jedi. Wow, that movie was amazing. I don't like to rank things without watching it multiple times, so it's honestly hard for me to place right now when I rank all of the Star Wars films, but... If I had to do it, I would put it above The Force Awakens. Oh, it's not true. That's impossible. I don't like ranking anything above the original trilogy, but I think it was better than The Force Awakens. This movie was amazing. Any Star Wars fan's gonna love it. Even if you're not a big Star Wars fan, you'll still love this movie. The characters in it are amazing. Uh, I'm not gonna give anything away. No spoilers, but... All the characters are amazing. They all progress the way you want them to. And just when you think the movie's about to come to an end and you want more, it doesn't end and it just keeps giving you more. It gives you everything you want. There's lightsabers. There's awesome space battles. I mean, the opening scene in this movie was the best Star Wars opening scene yet. It was had you on the edge of your seat and laughing at the same time. It was wild. It was a roller coaster of emotions. It was definitely the funniest Star Wars yet, which is great because I think Star Wars should be a comedy. It's an action comedy. That's how they should be. Um, this one really portrays that well. I want to go into detail, but I also don't want to give anything away because you need to go see this film. You really learn to like certain characters at certain points and then question if you like them and then go back to liking them or go back to hating them. I mean, they play it perfectly. There are surprises. There are not as many surprises, I think, as people were hoping, but that's just pure speculation pre prior to a film actually coming out, so I think that's pretty common. You should go into it not expecting much and just get blown away. It. I'm, I don't know about the runtime. It was... It felt a little long, but not in the bad sense. Like, you wanted it to keep going. When it ended, I wanted it to keep going. I know it seemed like it was already a pretty long movie, but I didn't mind. I would have sat there for another two hours watching this play out. The planets in it are all amazing. They really played up the creatures and aliens in this to have, you know, this weird emotional connection to, like, all these random creatures that they create and i think it was the most visually stunning star wars yet there was some imagery in this film that is just spectacular so i can't say anymore without giving anything away all i can say is go watch it it's amazing and if you don't already have tickets you're probably gonna have to wait like another week and a half before you can even see it but when you get the opportunity go see this movie go pay to see this movie see it in imax that's what i did uh, it's spectacular. So that's going to wrap it up for the first Chairgate movie reviews. Hope everybody liked my Star Wars rundown. I think I successfully ranked all of the Star Wars films. Obviously, like I said previously, I don't like ranking something before I can see it multiple times to get a real feel for it. And obviously, I just got out of this movie, so I'm going to be really hyped on it. But if I had to put it in my rankings right now, my complete Star Wars rankings would be Episode 4, A New Hope, then Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, Episode 5, Empire, and then at number 4, I'm going to put this one. I'm going to put The Last Jedi. 
Then episode seven, Force Awakens. Episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Episode one, Phantom Menace. Fuck you. Episode three and a half, Rogue One. And last but not least, episode two, Attack of the Clones. I don't like sand. So that's that's my list right now. Honestly, I'm so hyped on this movie right now. I I want to put it in my top three, but I have a strict rule, kind of a policy that I. I I can't put anything above the original trilogy, but this one is so good that I want to. It's becoming its own type of Star Wars that you love equally as much, I think. So I hope everybody enjoyed this. Peace. The best. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.